Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate you tuning in and downloading and enjoying these episodes uh, that I record and that I also sponsor. A lot of shows have external sponsors, but I actually sponsor my own. So if you want to know more about coaching or having on as podcast host or writing articles or anything like that, please do head over to sarahjnaylor.com where you'll see all the information about me on there or if you want to get in touch with me directly it's hello at sarahjnaylor.com and you'll find me on all social media platforms because I'm a bit of a pest on there. Anyway that's the sponsorship bit over and done with (laughs) we can crack on with the show now because I'm really excited to have the amazing Joe Rowe with me who I've known for a number of years now and we actually trained and qualified with the same coaching provider I think probably around about the same time but anyway let me hand over to Joe to introduce us because as my regular listeners know, all of my podcast guests do a far better job at introducing themselves than I could possibly ever do. So over to you, Joe. Please do introduce yourself to my amazing audience. Hi, Sarah. So yeah, thank you so much for the invite. I really do appreciate it. So I'm the mental health coach, Joe Rowe. I spell it like a bloke. It's uh, J-O-E-R-O-E. It's just everybody calls me that. I help people get back their mind mojo. It's just a bit of a, a thing that sort of goes with me. So I shift people from chaos, anxiety and stress to calm, confidence and happiness. So happiness is a, a key thing and it's uh, usually an outcome that people want to be calm and happy so I'm in the right place and in good hands with Sarah today. So back in 2013 and 2015 and we'll probably touch on this a little bit more I was sectioned twice with manic bipolar episodes with psychosis and prior to that I was a manager for at one point, 120 staff and a £2 million budget. So I wore stress on my sleeve. Also, I had a lot of live stuff going off. So I'd lost my dad and step-parents to cancer. Work became a really unhealthy environment because jobs were at risk. My lifestyle was really unhealthy. So I was burning the candle at both ends, drinking, staying up late and then getting up early. I refer it to being like, I thought I was superwoman, but actually I was just on the hamster wheel and that's where my early signs of unwellness started and I didn't listen early enough so I can't stress enough that listening to the signs of stress is really really important because you can catch things really really early at that point so I ended up with general anxiety disorder chronic fatigue and then that's where my manic episodes came in so yeah coaching an NLP became my biggest game changer for me to regain and maintain my own mental health and yeah, I've just successfully gifting hope, health and happiness to my clients. And I've been doing that for the last six years. And I absolutely love what I do. I've got a huge passion yeah, for it. Yeah, it's amazing, Joan. It comes across in all that you do. And when you were talking to me about all of that, do you know what? I tingled from top to bottom and bottom to top and then back round again. I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> we're getting messages coming through here going, yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, and I'm going again. Hallelujah. <laughs> Because it's so important, it's so powerful. Obviously, what you've gone through and what you've experienced and how that stress impacted your body. Because let's face it, our bodies are a vehicle for us to have 
a human experience using the spirit can have the body this is my belief anyway that you know we're using it as a vehicle but you put all that pressure that stress on it it's you're not looking after it are you and it is going to collapse on you and it's going to go hello no enough and as you said you know it's it's recognizing those warning signs and doing something about it and but sometimes i think you can get caught up in life and you don't realize you don't know what you don't know i mean if i go back to when i left my ex-husband 17 years ago i didn't know that i was in the wrong relationship because i i wasn't looking beyond because I'd been manipulated to have no <laughs> vision beyond. Equally so when you do have that light bulb go on and then invariably it can be as a result as you said of that breakdown of your body, ill health, that you have to start to look don't you? You are forced to start to look and you can then start to take action and that whole journey of coaching that I know transformed my life, I know has transformed yours. But let's rewind. What were those signals? How can we alert other people? How can we alert the audience to those signals that they might be experiencing right now, Joe? that you, you had? And because obviously from what you're saying, it sounds like all of those stresses actually then culminated and created and generated that bipolar disorder that you then were diagnosed with it can be anything and i think things even as simple as a headache we may not be looking after ourselves so we may not be drinking water or nurturing our body with the right foods i always say eating sleeping and exercise are the, are the biggies and you know my exercise is getting out in nature and walking with my dog for me it's um really getting to understand what your early warning signs are for you. So for me, I know that if I lose sleep, I can become unwell really, really quickly. And it's like, say, getting to know what your early warning signs are and what they are for you, because everybody is different to how stress can start to impact you. It can impact our moods, it can impact our behaviours, all sorts of um, different ways it can impact us. <laughs> I love having a famous dog. I had a cat going at the pigeons outside a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it can impact us in different ways. I know when you just mentioned the sleep and I just thought, I mean, I, I'm someone, I'm very fortunate, I'm able to generally put my head on the pillow and go straight to sleep. But I do know that, you know, if your brain is busy, you know, it's so important to get all of that out. So journal, write it, get it down, get it out of your head before you go to bed at night. Don't have tech in your bedroom. Don't have your phone on in your bedroom. Detach from all of that. I mean, I'm speaking to myself here, I really ought not to have mine. But I, I am lucky I do go straight to sleep. But I do know equally so if I don't have enough sleep, I get grumpy very quickly. <laughs> Which I'm sure Gareth will attest to if he was hearing me. <laughs> but I mean, as you say, there's so many different warning signs so what were your main ones then which ones what, 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 what were coming up for you that you you ignored time and time again for me first of all it was the stress side of things so I, I like I say I, I threw myself into work and I was just wasn't giving myself breaks and just being really really busy I got to a point actually where I was taking caffeine and calms so I was taking calms to calm me down and caffeine to keep me awake so it totally contradicted itself <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend that to get through the day. And it's easy to 
slip into these things. The general anxiety for me was in my stomach and I feel it in my stomach if I'm anxious. So that's the sign for me. Some people might, you know, thoughts going round and feeling overwhelmed. Anxiety again manifests in, in many different ways. And the chronic fatigue actually, I was bedridden for three months. My body was like being a much older woman and luckily I live in a bungalow so I could go to the toilet because I don't think I would have made the stairs to be honest with you. So yeah, with the bipolar, actually I'm more manic. When I become unwell, I can get quite obsessed with spiritual side of life and become really ungrounded with it. Something for me to be mindful of. But the really early warning signs for me is it's got to the point that if I start having toast in the morning instead of a smoothie, I know I'm starting to head down the wrong way because that's how in tune I've got with my condition. Um, so I'm lucky that I can really catch it really, really early. That's really good to hear. It's knowing, as you said a little bit ago, that it's it's getting tuned into your body and it is, it's really getting to know you, it's understanding you, it's understanding what makes you tick. I mean, you've already referenced getting out in fresh air with nature. I mean, we went out for a run this morning, my partner and I. I've not been out for best part of three weeks because one, I was away, came back, picked up the lurgy, not COVID, but picked up a really heavy cold. And, and it's sort of just, it grounded me and it was just like, and I just missed it so much. And it's so important. It's so empowering just being in nature. And my runs consist of like taking photographs as well, because I'm loving taking, you know, capturing nature. I mean, at the moment we're in autumn as we're recording this and it's, fa- it's fabulous. It brings you, it just energises you, doesn't it? But as you say, when you, the food that you feed into your body as well, I mean, when you're talking about toast, there's not really anything much in bread and the carbs and, and the, the impact that that has on your body versus like you say a smoothie because we always start every morning with a big bowl of full fat greek style yogurt natural yogurt with fruit and some muesli on the top so there's a really good blend you know of nutrients in there better not mention probably about the four coffees (laughs) we were on the topic of reframing and how powerful that was and um, i've just rolled out a masterclass on that basis and yeah joe you you, tell me about your experience with reframing you've got quite a powerful experience from when you were sectioned haven't you that you you kind of are happy to share with everybody so yeah so when i was sectioned one of the things is that i had hallucinations and i could see demons and i actually could reframe that that's how powerful your mind is so i could reframe the demons and turn those into something else so it be whatever that is so for me i turned it into an owl and it showed wisdom it actually reframed how i felt about the actual hallucination at that time so it went from fear to comfort for me so that just shows you the power of the brain really so yeah i think focusing on the positives was something i did in hospital because it's so easy to focus on all the the stuff around you especially in that sort of environment um so focusing on all the positive stuff and noticing all the good stuff enabled me to shift my experience in the hospital environment so I was very much motivated towards getting out of hospital rather than um, actually getting away from hospital I see so many patients wanting to get away and what happens is they ping back into hospital so I was motivated towards getting out of hospital and an example of that is I reframed my whole situation and thought right okay I want to have a night out and actually 
actually I knew Valentine's was coming up in three weeks' time. It was, the, it was on the 14th of November. And I, I thought, right, this is a fantastic opportunity to arrange for a meal and ask my partner to marry me. So in hospital, I arranged all of that. That was my focus for three weeks. And it was an amazing thing because I, I was then, you know, that enabled that night out and worked towards that wellness. It, it gave me something to work towards as part of my wellness as well. I think it aided my recovery a lot quicker. Absolutely. Just by switching that mind flip. Mm, it's so powerful. So powerful. And you did, and you did all of this without knowing so obviously we've both trained as coaches with the same coaching provider and you when you suddenly discover there are words <laughs> and descriptions for what you're actually doing because I you know I recall doing similar things myself you know like 17 years ago and left my ex-husband you know I'd, I'd have arrangements to go out I was living back with my parents <clears throat> with my son but if somebody let me down it was like oh okay, well, I've got a choice. I can sit here being fed up on the sofa and I've got to sit here and go, "Mm." but what can I do with this time that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise? So, you know, invariably might read a book, do something creative, do something else with that time rather than focusing on the negatives because actually that just brings you down. And, you know, it's not, it's without its challenges. I mean, I'm sure you're like me. I mean, there's still situations that challenge us that can sort of pull us, but we because we're now aware of that tool as well, you can activate it so much quicker and you can recognise it. And I think that that consistent practice of reframing and, as you say, working towards stuff rather than looking at the negatives, your brain is trained that consistent... It's always about putting in practices and it's over... I think it's about a period of um, a month, isn't it? 21, 28 days of repeating something that creates those new neural linguistic pathways that then replace the other stuff. Because you can't just literally break things. You have to replace patterns of behaviour with new patterns of behaviour. With that consistent practice of reframing, you can change your whole world. It is. And, um, you know, I use the example of uh, my flat flat roof it it does leak on occasions and the first time it ever leaked my um I've only got a part of my building that's flat roof but when it did leak for the first time my brain went down the route of you know my house is going to fall down I'm not insured it went to the worst absolute case scenario and actually if I reframed it and went the other way I became really really grateful that I'd actually got a roof over my head while it was raining and just now my brain automatically does it more because it has built these new neural pathways to be able to focus on that sort of stuff on on the focus on the good stuff and you know we have got a part in our brain called the RAS that does notice things so if you buy a new car it's a certain color it's a certain make our brain will start to notice that more and what I use the example is it's when we get thoughts coming in if you imagine you've got a nightclub and you've got two bouncers um, stood there before your mind and the thoughts come in, the bouncers are going, don't make a judgment. They're they're just letting thoughts in. So we have to have our own bouncers in place that are actually going, oh, you're not coming in because you've got a bad attitude. So that a nightclub, our mind, (laughs) is a nice, nice clean space. So we have to almost practice that to be able to go or no to that or yes to this. And so our brain sorts of knows what needs to come in. Otherwise, it'll just start to notice whatever we start to focus on. And the more we focus on the good stuff, the better it is. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's all about setting your mind in that way. And and yeah, as you say, you can acknowledge those thoughts that are coming in. Because I think uh, you've referenced it previously about the um, positive toxicity. But I think that's, 
because people start to think that, you know, you, everything's rosy. It's not about that at all. It's about being able to reframe things and look for the positive, look for the learning, look for the stuff, you know, recognise when those negative thoughts come in. And you can say, thanks for sort of coming to my attention. But as you say, you, you, you're not welcome. I don't need this because it, you don't need to accept that in. And actually, that's a metaphor for life as well, isn't it? It's about who you let into your life. It's who you spend your time around. It's all the stuff that you have in your life. If things don't bring you joy, get rid of them. You know, if great Aunt Hilda donated you some cronky old teapot and you better not let go of it because Aunt Hilda, she didn't want it. She gave it to you. And even if it's a gift, they've gifted it to you. It's still your decision. And that's the other powerful thing. It's choices. You've got a choice. You have a choice as to whether you let those thoughts in, whether you keep the teapot, whether you wear that jumper, whatever it is, if you think Bridget Jones and the jumpers, and you know, you have those choices. Also, in the meantime, if you implement that gratitude, like you've said, and it's, you know, you can show that appreciation for that negative thought, you know, but you know, you helped me at one point, you don't need to help me anymore. I'm fine. I don't need that coming in. But you know, you talk about the RAS, which is the, let me get this right, the reticular activating system. Hey, hey, check me out for knowing the stuff. <laughs> But there's the amygdala in there at the back of the mind as well, which all plays its part, isn't it? But you can also reference that in, because a lot of people know about the law of attraction, about what you put out is what you attract back in. And that's, you know, that I think incorporates, or that's all part of that same thing. And it's about being in that zone and about really embracing the positives. And there's stuff, I mean, I've got stuff going on at the moment that's been a bit out of mine and my partner's control, but it can also be a push to look at things differently and change the way you live as well. Oh, it's so powerful, isn't it? All this stuff, Joe. It's, it's great, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do, I, you know, gratitude attitude is something that I'm massive on. And, you know, it does tie in with law of attraction and it does tie in with what your brain starts to notice more of. I mean, I scroll on my social media and it's just full of great stuff because my brain's not picking up any of the the, the negative stuff. I'm not paying attention to the news. So my brain's not going there. You know, it's focusing on all that positivity. Like you say, surrounding yourself with the people, I call them my vibe tribe, you know, having the people around me who support me and lift me up and vice versa. So yeah, it's really just getting your brain to focus on that because it will build it. Trust it will obey when you start to ask it to look at things in a different way. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and we, we've got stuff that we have in life that that sort of gets us to where we are and it's all about that learning and sort of being aware and awakening and being observant and accepting and non-judgmental and there's this there's just such a raft I mean and that's the beauty isn't it you know when we underwent our training as coaches I mean obviously the fundamentals of who we were like you said when you had that time in hospital that was before you actually went on your coach training but then when you became a coach you know you obviously you've already got those tools in place and I remember you know things from when I was and work from recruitment, you know, and I, I remember, this is a funny one. We talk about another coaching tool, which is like rapport building and sort of finding that common ground. I used to work in recruitment and find my body language would be mirroring the person. Oh, oh God, that's weird. <laughs> I didn't know at the time that it was like really good rapport. And I would then shift my body language and go, oh my God, they're sitting in the same way as me again. And, and in the end, I just sort of gave up. And it wasn't until years later when I qualified, I went, oh, <laughs> good rapport building but you know what you know you've got things that are natural but you just learn along the way and we are who we are because of the experiences that we've had and we can do it's about taking the positives but like I coming back into it's you know that non-judgmental approach it's being open it's 
is asking questions. It's just, oh, there's a raft of stuff that is just brilliant about coaching. But I mean, you specialise really in um, mental health coaching, don't you? I do, yeah. What do your clients come to you with problem-wise that you then help them resolve? So having a look at my data that I've got over the last six years is is the seven key areas that I've picked out, really. The first one is, and sorry if I forget any as I'm going along, but the first one is mental health. It's absolutely top of the blocks. It's mainly anxiety and that people are, are dealing with at the moment. So that's quite high. And then there's things like self-belief and confidence because that starts to tie into mental health. Motivation and what I call mojo it's that mind mojo I do spell it slightly different I had a, an e on it because of my name so it's all about motivation and goal setting obviously which is is what coaching is all about people want clarity in their life again and something to aim towards and then they're quite general four areas and then the three other areas that get more specific is things like work and purpose so that could be anything from a promotion to wanting to to get a new job to wanting some sort of purpose in their life relationships and things like lifestyle and lifestyle choices so what you're eating drinking sleeping exercise that type of thing and also cleaning up past memories and state change and that's where the NLP comes in lovely and blends with the stuff that I do so it's it's cleaning up past memories but also shifting from for example being anxious to to being calm so that's sort of generally what people come to see me about with regards to the types of people um, it ranges from pre-teens um, right through to any ages um, mental health isn't biased so it does impact um, different peoples and I've had people from all different backgrounds and I think that's what I love about it is the diversity that it brings and the different clients that I work with um, so yeah I just thoroughly enjoy it and I'm super passionate about what I do as you know as a coach going through and seeing that transformational change in people and being on that journey with them it's just an absolute pleasure isn't it Sarah? Oh my gosh yeah so much so I mean I work with people sort of across the board I kind of tend to integrate the personal and the professional with with my coaching <laughs> but yeah I mean I, I love sort of integrating that you know and obviously covering certain areas that you cover because obviously that comes with the performance coaching life coaching you know integrating you know it's change of behaviors it's reaching it's goal setting it's you know I work with careers and I work with personal life and how people can shift that along and you know integrate relationships and how people feel about themselves I mean right now I'm very much focused on midlife business women and men and helping them you know, regain themselves refine themselves and really get that mojo but not Joe's mojo <laughs> You know, it's really getting that passion and purpose back in that direction, because obviously when you hit midlife, so much shifts. I mean, for me, I mean, I left my ex-husband age 39 and I've been on such a journey of personal development and my life looks absolutely nothing like the life I used to live before. You know, I had I didn't have a network of friends. I didn't have, you know, social life. I didn't have of my own. I didn't I circulated around his friends and his family and that was it, you know. But you, you become and you can create and that's the beauty of it. You can create the life that you want to live by making the changes, shifting the changes. And I'm, I'm sort of on a process of change again, personally, with my partner, Gareth, with, of the last two years, you know, 
I'd been single for five years before I met him and I'd made the decision that, you know, I'd rather be on my own, you know, than be in a relationship with the wrong person yet again, because, you know, it's so important to be with somebody that really gets you, supports you, wants what's best for you, as Gareth does for me, as I do for him, you know, and we've got sort of next chapter to go into. So, you know, you can change your life at any time. Again, we're coming back to that word choices. And that's what I love empowering people to do you know make those choices change their life refine themselves because I don't know about you Joe. when you're working with your clients that you know I, I find that people have become who you know again I go back to all the stuff that we we've gone through in life you know you you I think from starting as a child you sort of obviously learning to grow up and you're influenced by all of those people around you then you sort of want, you, you kind of get into your teens and you're sort of like desperate to get out there and have this life. Then you're kind of wanting to fit in with people and around people and have experiences. And suddenly you can find yourself in this world where you've become somebody that you shouldn't have been. Because my ex-husband turned around to me 18 months after we'd left and said, you've become the person that you would have been had it not been for me. And it wasn't meant as a compliment. <laughs> you know? But it was true because I'd adapted myself to the life that I had with him. And now I am me. You know, I embrace all of who I am, you know, and, and I'm still discovering more about myself, even into my 50s. And that's, that's what's so empowering. Absolutely. It, it, when I was in uh, my management role, um, you do, you get that pull of all the security it brings. It goes back to the, you know, the Maslow's law of being secure, the, the, you know, the pension and the holidays and all the rest of it. And actually, when I transitioned into my coaching role, I just felt so free to the point that I, I realized that all my wardrobe was black it was like was I going to a funeral every day Uh, it brought me so much joy just to get rid of all those clothes and just wear the they just wear me if that makes sense and just become me again and finding me was a big part of this I'm just being true to myself and I'm being true to what my passion is and the things that drive me and there's nothing that can bring much more happiness than that to be honest with you. No, you're absolutely right. Being true to yourself brings happiness. I mean, I, there's, there's somebody that I've met through networking a few years ago. I mean, she's on fire at the moment. The stuff that she's doing, I'm just so proud of her. So she's trans, trans um, woman and she was Martin and she became Katie. In doing what she's done, her life has transformed. I know she did a catwalk yes, the other day. I know, cat- that was amazing. London Fashion Week. And she was <laughs> yeah. saying, there she was with her glasses on doing London Fashion Week. And she's just been at some amazing award ceremony. And that's because she has given herself permission to be herself, to be who she always was. But, you know, she'd been married and she got, to, you know, and she had a lot of fallout because of it all. Everything is just, I mean, it's not without its challenges still, I know for her, because, you know, you get trolls and things like this, and there's a lot going on in the trans world at the moment. You know, people don't understand it, and they're fearful of it, and, oh, these trans women using women's toilets. No! What? No! Men don't dress up as women, just, if there is, there's the one, you know, that's completely, you're looking at it like that. I mean, you've probably got more stuff going on in a smaller radius that will impact you than anybody any trans woman wanting to use your toilet use communal toilet in a women's toilet in a communal place it's just like it's education it is education that's exactly what i was going to say it's education and it's like it's exactly the same with mental health i lost so many friends or so-called friends because they didn't understand the word psychosis you know because you see the films and think oh psychotic you know it, it, it conjures up the wrong image of actually what it is it is it's about education and i'm really you know want to 
get that message out about what it is all about um so people can just understand and actually losing friends along the way has done me a favor it's it's like sieved it out quickly <laughs> and i'm left with the good stuff so thank you very much uh, again it's 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 that reframing it it's fast-tracked me in that area of my life no and I, I, as we said right at the very beginning it's been it was very much of an awakening for you and it's i think it's you know you know when you look at it from that sort of opening up your your sort of consciousness and your awareness of what's out there on a on a high level and a high scale you know you've got so much you can tune into and you understand about yourself and everything and you've embraced it and you've taken it further and you help people Joe, how do people get in touch with you? Thank you so much for all your time. It's just been absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody's enjoying this episode because it's, it's fascinating. I say I could talk to you for hours. So how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, no, thanks for the invite. I've, uh, I, I love chatting with you, Sarah. You're such a, you know, the joy that you bring and the positivity. It's 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 contagious. So thank you. Um, yeah, so people can just get in touch with me. It's Joe Rowe, like I say, I spell it like a bloke, J-O-E-R-O-E. I'm on the Mental Health Code on facebook i'm on instagram linkedin the usual social medias and my website is joerow.co.uk um, head over there i've got some freebie stuff i've got a jukebox that you don't even have to sign up to my partner's a dj so i've got some chill out vibes going off i've got some funky vibes that you can dance to and i've also got like a detox toolbox that you can access as well so there's some freebies on there if you wanted to head over awesome thank you so much joe so if you've liked it, please do rate and review, follow, subscribe. Let's spread this knowledge, inspiration, happiness, motivation globally, which we are already doing because it's been downloaded in over 129 countries. But keep going and get the numbers up. Yay! And if uh, yeah, you want to get in touch with me, I'm over at sarahjnaylor.com and you'll find me on LinkedIn and um, social media. I'm, my Instagram account's not very good. It's at SJN Coaching. I'm just, I'm not a lover of Instagram, but you'll find me on my website. And if you sign up, you get a weekly blog from me as well. So and there is a freebie on there, <laughs> but not as many freebies as Joe and I can't offer you a jukebox. <laughs> you don't want me singing either. I just do that. Anyway, lovely. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, goodbye and have a great week, week, month, year, whatever it is you're doing. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.